Hey, what is up? Welcome to the Gimmick Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina, and I'm here with comedian Pratik Srivastava. What's going on, world? It's been a while, so I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving and a good uh, holiday season. I hope they've been enjoying their... Uh, they've had a lot... It feels like every week there's something, either a pay-per-view or wrestling news or something. I feel like if, if you're a wrestling fan and you're bored, you're in the wrong industry. <laughs> this is like yeah, no, it really is like every week there's a pay-per-view these days. Every week there's something, and th- and that's just the big leagues. You know, there's you know between GCW and you know Impact, yeah, TNT, exactly. MLW. There's New Japan. There's <laughs> I I've barely kept up. I still haven't finished all of Full Gear. Like I've only watched a few matches from Full Gear. Yeah, a couple of weeks, not not this past weekend, but the weekend before, there was a GCW, a Hood Slam, MLW, and then also Full Gear. It was jam-packed. So Hell yeah. So long. Pretty yeah, jam-packed. We, Hell yeah. I know why we're here. We have a lot of big news to discuss, I guess, some big returns. Yeah, I mean, uh, so going into Survivor Series, I guess, uh, real quick, we'll say that... Um, uh, Cody Rhodes had a fifth partner because uh, they uh, uh, Judgment Day recruited Damian uh, Drew Drew McIntyre, and so going into it, uh, Cody Rhodes had to find another partner for his team. And the last Raw, the Go Home Show, the last segment before Survivor Series, Cody Rhodes came out and said his partner is somebody that has a legacy. He's an apex predator. He never said Randy Orton, which really which really caught me by surprise because I'm like, are they going to do a bait and switch on us? Is it going to be CM Punk? Because at that point, it's like they're not saying who it is. They, you know, they're they're alluding to Randy, but they didn't actually make the announcement of his name. Yeah, they didn't allude to. I mean, they I believe in the last promo on Raw, they did say they didn't say actually Randy Orton. I mean, everybody knew. No, they said everybody knew because they said his little catchphrases. They said Apex Predator, you hear voices in your head, right. we have a legacy. So they definitely alluded to him, but they just didn't say his name, which struck me as very odd. Um, yeah, I guess they didn't want to directly say it, but come time for the actual event, I feel like maybe they said it on SmackDown or maybe they didn't. I don't I don't recall. I mean the, the, the WWE as a as a as a machine was promoting it as Randy Orton. Yes, they did the every commercial I saw, every promo I yeah. saw, like in terms of the pay per view promos, included him or included images of him. In fact, it's funny we got to the arena and front and center was Randy Orton's shirt. Also, so it's like everybody knew it wasn't it wasn't this big secret, you know. Um, and in fact, I remember like when they showed the opening package at the top, they they used his name in the pay-per-view opening package so it was interesting that they didn't say it in the promo but by the time sunday rolled around everybody knew oh yeah absolutely absolutely and it was crazy because you know randy orton's been injured almost two years and the first thing he's going to do is step into war games so i was a little bit concerned about that you were a little concerned how he would perform or if he'd be you know limited in his movement moveset just just his overall health i guess because he's getting older, he's been around for twenty some years. Yeah, and he had the he had the big fusion surgery that can be uh, that can be kind of detrimental. What sort of moveset can he do? What is he is he protected? And uh, I got to say though, I thought it was a uh, they made him look very strong. Uh, everybody sold for him, and he looked he looked good. Um, what was the uh, what was the atmosphere like going into Survivor Series when you when you arrived to the building? Was there a lot of like uh, CM Punk chants and people think he was going to be there? Uh, pre-show, there were maybe three times while we were all sitting where they chanted his name, but within like a minute, the chants were shut down. I was sitting like- kind of in the lower section. I felt like the the fans around me weren't weren't having it. Uh, yeah. It's interesting because I remember going to the last event I went to was all out. There were also some chants that night as well for CM Punk, but they were those chants were allowed to breathe and linger, and people actually got into them. Whereas tonight, it was like anytime someone tried to chant CM Punk, it was shut down immediately with booze, shut the fuck up, cursing. Wow. The fans really weren't having it. It, it. it definitely the vibe going into that night was. He's not showing up. Stop your chanting. We're here for the, 
we're here for war games, you know? So it's yeah, very interesting, so. you know, it, it, it's very interesting how, when it finally happened, all those people booing and cursing became kids again. And they started uh, chanting for it. It's very interesting how one minute they're saying, don't talk about that. And then when it actually happens, oh, everybody's a fan. Everybody's happy. Yeah. I mean, the, no, place, the place came unglued. It was, Absolutely. It was but we can get to that, you know, when we actually get to it. Um, it's, yeah. It's yeah. I didn't see the pre-show, uh, but I assume there was no matches. Do you know of any matches on the pre-show? There were no matches. Um those a little bit of the pre-show was outside in the parking lot, so we. Oh did yeah, catch- I saw that. That was weird, right? Um, I mean, they've done that now a few times. When we were at Royal Rumble, they did that. But uh, in Chicago in November, in cold, yeah. Well, but that's kind of the vibe of Chicago: is you you stand in the cold, uh, you deal with it. Yeah, it's funny yeah. they've been using this phrase "hell froze over," froze over. You know, so it's like it's 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 definitely interesting. Um. It is I, don't know if you, I don't know if you noticed this, but because uh, you were there, you weren't like showing on social media. Booker T posted a tweet at that point saying, uh, we just found out that we're going to be outside for the pre-show. And it posted a picture of him with somebody holding up a CM Punk sign behind him. I mean, I think it's there was there was a few teases. I mean, Corey Graves had been teasing it. Um you might have heard that Cult of Personality was re-released on Spotify. Oh, I on, did hear that. Yeah, on Black Friday, uh, I I personally I went into that night going, if it happens, it's great. If not, I'm excited for the for the matches. I was excited to complete uh, the Big Four in one year. That's another big milestone for me to see all Big Four live and really perform yeah. comedy and all out or all and in all or whatever. Out. It was. I saw five events this year. Um, and, That's like and the AEW. And to be able to perform comedy in the cities that they're happening, I feel like, you know, it's kind of a thing to be able to check off. So I was I was very excited going into it. And it's been a while since I've seen something at Allstate, which is, you know, a really positive arena and a solid arena. The wrestling community praises it for being acoustically sound. And it really is a good arena in terms of there were no bad seats. Uh, the the 13,000 seats were full at Allstate. It was a good time. Um but yeah, this is the vibe going in. And again, Survivor Series has this uh, thanks post Thanksgiving food coma vibe to it. It's always had like a, it's like the you, you do Thanksgiving and then you watch Survivor Series. It's always kind of hand in hand. I'm sure you've noticed that. Yeah, Maybe. definitely. It's funny though because when I was a kid, it was uh, the Thanksgiving Eve tradition. It was on right. Wednesday, but now it's you know they can't do that anymore. And again, now it's on. <laughs> it's on. I mean, I remember like the Attitude Era ones were like the week before. Uh, like it will always be that Sunday before, but in recent years they've made it more closer to Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, yeah. or and now that you know the pay per view events are on Saturday, uh, it seems like it's become a post Thanksgiving thing now, which is fine with me. Um, yeah, no, going in it was it was you know a lot of excitement. All state, everybody was. I mean, Chicago is a good wrestling town, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. Knock where I'm it's from. a hotbed, if you will. Hotbed, the crowds always come alive. The place was unglued. I guess they had a SmackDown the night before there. It seems like yeah. it's in the, the, the WWE is kind of coming in interestingly now, whether it's Backlash or, or O2 or whether it's Puerto Rico, London, whatever. They're doing like night before SmackDown and then the pay-per-view was Saturday. Uh, they did that with Montreal. They did that with like London. And it seems like it seems it's to good. Out. It's good. That way they just have to set up once and they can just kind of leave set it up once, get two shows in, get the, yep. and the go home show. People are fired up for the go home show. It, it maybe sells a couple extra tickets, gets a couple people, a couple more eyeballs on it. You know, maybe you haven't been keeping up with the product week to week, but you're getting a good catch up beforehand. That's, I'll be frank. That's kind of what happened with this, this pay per view. I, I wasn't watching every storyline regularly. I kind of knew. A little bit what was going in. I knew it was war games. I knew the teams a little bit. I knew that this was Cody's first time in his daddy's playground. I know there was a lot of emotion there. Um, and it was my first time seeing the war games cage live. So that was definitely cool. Uh, oh, yeah. You missed the Ozzy Osbourne song year. from last year. That was kind of cool, too. Yeah, the same Ozzy Osbourne song. Um, and there was definitely a lot of, you know, I don't know if it was relevant, relevant, you know, on the pay-per-view itself, it was known, but like when the cage was coming down each time, the fans, everybody is very excited to see the cage come down like live in the arena, you know, 
Yeah, yeah, and they, and, and, and I noticed that uh, when the cage was coming down, there was pyro and stuff too. Pyro, music, lights, like it was a big thing. Kind of similar to when the Hell in a Cell came down this year at Mania. Like everybody was very excited. You know, again, like the old school Hell Cage, none of that red, you know, eyesore. Like we're going yeah, with old, red, we're going with Mania. So I, I, I was very, uh, I was very excited going into the event. And I think it was smart of them to kick it off with the women's match or or a War Games match. You know, I think that was the best way to kick off the show. Um. Yeah, start off hot. Yeah, so we start off with the women's war game match. It was uh, damage control. Bailey, uh, uh, the Bailey, WWE Women's Champion EO Sky, uh, Kyrie Sane, and the newly turned heel Asuka uh, taking on Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair. Kind of in the mix, kind of not not in the match, but but on yeah, the side. Yeah, Dakota Kai was just like at ringside. Right. Uh, against Becky, uh, Becky Lynch, Shotzi, Charlotte Flair, and Bianca Belair. It's such a good powerhouse matchup. Like you have the you have the you know Charlotte, Becky, Bianca, the, the all stars. Shotzi gets a good spotlight. Shotzi two year in a row has had a great spotlight because remember last year at Survivor Series she faced Ronda in the one singles match. Um, yeah. On now she's and she kind of had to job out in a very quick match. So they're rewarding her. I thought it was good that they rewarded her. With a very nice featured spot in the War Games match between the women uh, division. And what I thought the pacing of the women's match, much like last year, uh, very good pacing. Everybody got a chance to shine. You know, we talk a lot on the show, Sam. I know, especially when Xavier's on too, we talk a lot about moments in matches, making everybody look good, making your opponents look good, having that moment to shine. I thought the women's match did a very good job yeah. of of showing every, like every superstar when they came out of the holding cage into the main cage, they got a chance to do a move, do a moment. uh, And it's just, everybody looked good. You know, one thing I don't like about the crowd, and this is not exclusive to Chicago. um, It just happened to be in Chicago. uh, They chant, we want tables really quickly into the show. And like when they weren't having tables, they were like booing. And I feel like that just kind of drug down the show. Like it drug down the energy a little bit. I think that I did notice that I was, I was privy to that. I think that's one of those things where sometimes things translate on TV better than when they translate in the arena. And then there are the other times where it translates better in the arena and doesn't translate as well on TV. Yeah, uh, right. Exactly. Cause I just, know, an I just example saying- of, Shut up, fans! Shut up! Stop chanting tables. <laughs> I mean, you're you can't knock the fans too much. Yes, it it might have been a little annoying. I can see how it's annoying to the home viewer, but in the arena, it was great. Everybody was excited, and I noticed from where I was sitting, there were tables chants. But like when the chain came out, for example, everybody was excited because when was the last time yeah. a chain? You know, so there that were there were certain moments where, yeah, they yelled tables, but it didn't. I felt like in the arena, it didn't distract. Now, again, that's just the translation of being there versus on TV. You know, yeah. I know another example in SummerSlam, the Drew match, the Drew Gunther match in the arena wasn't getting as good of a response as on TV. I felt like on TV, it came off better. So there are times where stuff looks better on TV. Uh, versus when it looks better in the arena. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, again, the high, the MVP, probably the best spot of the whole night, uh, was uh, EO going off the top with the trash can. Oh my gosh! So it was so crazy because she had that chain, and then she loaded it down. To, she lowered it to Dakota, and then when Dakota attached a, a, a trash can to it, and she just pulled it back up to the top of the cage. That was so crazy. And then she put this trash can on top of herself and just jumped on top of everybody. And it was it was nuts. It was nuts. Yeah, it was a good match. Uh everybody shined. Uh everybody it was good storytelling. Uh the the there was a lot of animosity between Becky and Charlotte. And then it kind of came to a head when they hugged each other. They hugged it out. And I bet that got a good reaction in the building. Yeah, they hugged it out well. I thought the I also liked the way the intros happened where everybody got their music, but then they all kind of stood on the ramp. Like there was like, Hey, we're a team, you know, we're all going to support each other. Yeah. I really yeah, like exactly. the way 
they came out, they weren't just like, we're going to go in the ring and then come back, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, we're going to be a team, you know, like, yeah, they're, they faced each other. Yes. Bianca has faced Becky and Charlotte and whatever, but it's like, no, we're a team. Like there was a lot of emphasis on teams coming together, you know, faction warfare. And I think they did a better job of that this year versus last year. So I was, I was yeah. very, yeah, very impressed with the way the women's pacing was. They did a good job of like, of making it solid teams too. And, and, and cause they, they played dissension a lot, but they play like where, where people can't get along, where they break up a lot. So yeah, they did a good job of just being a solid teams and, and not really going there this time, you know, save it for a different time. Cause I, I was like really hoping that Oscar wasn't going to be like, just kidding. I'm not really a heel. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm really, I'm really enjoying uh, no, she's definitely uh, a heel, and I wonder. It's just interesting how they're really focusing on the Japanese uh, wrestlers right now. I don't know if this was something because they're trying to make a play for Okada or something. Uh, potentially, they were trying to get Osprey, but we know how that turned out. But yeah. it's it's been a really good showcase for everyone, and I do think at some point, like we've had an EO Oscar match, but I I can't wait for the Kyrie EO Oscar triple threat. Eventually, that's going to happen. Eventually, um, yeah, eventually it is. Uh, where do you think this is going? I think eventually, uh, uh, Bailey is going to get, uh, kicked out of damage control. Uh, I, I, I could even see this scene because, uh, with Dakota Kai has been telling Bailey, well, EO said this and EO said that. So I can see Dakota Kai, uh, telling Bailey, uh, uh, well, well, EO said, we didn't lose war games. You lost war games or something like, you know, like I can that. see that potentially happen. We'll see on SmackDown on Friday what happens if there's something there potentially. Uh, I would like for it. I don't want it to happen too soon. I think the the dissolution of damage control, at least save it for Mania or SummerSlam to me. Yeah, yeah I know we talked about this sense. before where they were formed at SummerSlam. I think they should somehow save it up for, you know, next SummerSlam. If, but that might, it's going to take a while to. Yeah, it's going to be a slow breakup because right now it's to where like when Bailey walks in the room, they stop talking and it's kind of awkward. Like, it's, just, it's, though, it's interesting because you have Judgment Day showing fracture, fractures right now, too. You don't want to have two heel stables fracture at the same time. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right about you that. You can tease it. So my hope is maybe damage, maybe Judgment Day has their fractures and damage control somehow holds it together. Um, they they do damage control? <laughs> on damage control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so uh, this match ended... Uh, Bailey took the pin. Um, Bailey did take the pin. So there's definitely something coming. I think you're going to have some singles match with Bailey or she's going to do something or we'll see. What was the time on this match? 33-35. Gotcha. That's, I mean, that's a, it didn't, I don't know how it felt at home, but great match. Didn't drag. Every moment counted. The psychology and the pacing. It didn't, it didn't feel rushed. Yeah, this was, this Whereas, is probably my favorite match of the night. This was a oh, really def- good match. 100%. Uh, I, I did notice two years, two years in a row. I think the women's division yeah. at uh, for yeah. for war games. I did notice that, like uh, at one point, Becky got busted open, and she rolled off to the side, and she stayed uh, laying down against the cage, uh, and then people, there, there were like doctors and stuff looking at her. Basically, until yeah. she stopped bleeding, and like I, like, I noticed that too. That um... same thing happened with Shotzi. I noticed there were doctors kind of around the side. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think that kind of led to a little bit of a modification and a few things, but it didn't, I think to the, so you, even as a home, I was curious if the home viewers picked up on that. Um, yeah. 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 So, so it's definitely a PG war games because you can't bleed, you know, you're not if supposed you, to bleed, but if we get busted open, well, no, it, because, be- uh, Becky was out of the picture until her blood went away, and Shotzi was gone for a long time. And when Shotzi came back on the screen, you could see dry blood on her face. So they didn't show the blood on the paper. Yeah, so Shotzi, she was out of the picture when she was bleeding too. Apparently, interesting. And that then I funny. just, I just watched, you know, like a month ago, uh, the GCW War Games match, and then you know that was nuts. That was absolutely insan- insanity. And so I'm over here watching this, going, "Oh, this is like a juggle gym fucking War Games." <laughs> It's interesting because, I mean, like today, for example, I'm wrong, Drew headbutted and there's blood there. So clearly there is color a lot. It's interesting when 
Oh, they that is color and when they don't. You would think they would have it more often on pay per view. Right, because that can be control, or that that do doesn't more, have to be as regular. Um, yeah, the the uh, they could do more. Like they could. Go I mean, they Finn showed there. if you go back. I run back and watch Mania when the Finn thing happened. They show the blood when it comes to that. Yeah, well, I don't know what they did, but they, I did notice that those two specifically uh, bled, and then they were out of the picture. And then when they came back, they weren't bleeding anymore. Well, I, I think they. I can understand them keeping them off camera just to concentrate on the. Just make sure. Hey, are you? Did you get concussion? Or, and then also, I mean, there's so many people that. You know, if Becky's going to sit down for eight minutes, nobody's really going to care. Exactly. Yeah, there's no reason to keep the camera on them. Um, there were a couple times when they rammed each other into the cage wall, like where I'm like, oh, this looks really – like they did a good job, like selling the believability of the – of how, you know, sturdy the cage is and how, or, you know, it's going to be hurtful. <laughs> how punishing it is. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But happy with this match, probably the match of the night for me as well. Yeah, definitely match of the night. Uh, our second match of the night was uh, uh, Gunther defending the Intercontinental title uh, against The Miz in 12 minutes. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, Gunther defending his historical Intercontinental title run. I mean, I have to say, if you remember earlier this year, Miz was taking a people's elbow from Snoop Dogg. And yeah. now he's a viable contender for the Intercontinental Championship. I just, it, it shows how in eight months someone can turn it around, you know, and become viable. I mean, I, I didn't keep up too much with the storyline, but I went back and rewatched a few of the back and forth promos between Gunther and Miz. And I got into it. I thought it was this is definitely durable. Yeah. You know, he can take a look and keep on ticking. He can work with the celebrity. He can work with the technical wizard. He yeah. can work with whoever he really is. He's stepping his game up. He's operating on a great level uh, between the stuff with like Logan Paul last year and, you know, this year as a host for the Mania stuff, like he's he's doing great work. He you can you can plug him in to any scenario, and it works. And again, oh, yeah. I'll say this: like he, the Drew McIntyre Gunther match from SummerSlam, it started for me. It started so slow. So then when this came around, I really liked how quick they got into it. I thought they did a really good job. You know, Miz is coming in, firing off all cylinders. The back and forth of the chops, the way Miz sold the chops, it was great. I mean, Miz really took he, he ragdolled him around, and Miz took it like a champ. Yeah, and no, I, that I do. comeback was very. They he also they did a good job again. Miz knows ring psychology. Gunther knows ring psychology. The psychology was so good because you kind of almost believed for a second with that comeback that Miz had. Miz did. I think that's a great uh, for all the wrestlers out there. They should watch. You know, the art of the comeback is kind of lost, I think. I don't know about you. And I really like the way Miz did that comeback. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, I, I like how Miz went in there. You're right, like a full, like a head full of steam. Like speed is my only option here. It's my only my only shot at winning this thing. And he's went full force and just, you know, brought it to Gunther. It was funny. There was a guy right by me who was like, I can't believe we're cheering on the Miz. I'm like, yeah, we're we're literally cheering for the crowd popped for a for a low blow. <laughs> At one point, it's like uh, it, it's funny. How did it, it play uh, on TV? Were you into it? Could you tell that the crowd was into it, or was it? Yeah, you know? no, I could tell the crowd was into it. Absolutely, absolutely, they love the Miz, and it, it's funny because like the Miz is in such a baby face position in this match, you know. Um, but you love Gunther too, uh, but like the Miz is like the baby face here, and it's like, what the heck is that about? Yeah. Good old Miz. But yeah, you're right though. Miz can do anything. He's he's the jack of all trades in professional wrestling. It's interesting because now that so and so is back, um, you know, I do feel like we're gonna get a Miz Miz Punk given that <laughs> Punk literally was on the other company talking about Miz. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a and Punk has notably in other interviews and other just referential things he's mentioned his disdain for the Miz there there have been a couple stories he's given where he doesn't say who it is but it's alluded to it's probably it's, Miz yeah it's like he loves to hate him There's like real, everybody else like all of us we all love to hate the Miz you love to hate the Miz but I also think the the best 
rivalries, especially nowadays, when you can blur the lines, it's always better. And I do think the Gunther was giving interviews all week, being like, "I genuinely don't like this guy." Now, man, now he just, you know, he's he's obviously, you know, uh, you know, from the UK. Well, he's from Austria, but he's part of that, you know, re- European wrestling sort of like, you know, that old school. He, he seems like he's he he's trained that very old school style of, you know, you you, you te- mat technician keep kayfabe, and and Gunther just did a really good job selling the storyline in a yeah, matter of weeks. He did. He did a really good job, like, like, cause Miz is definitely not like a traditional man's man's wrestler. European yeah, I, I really believed it. I was really impressed with the way, and like, you know, there's that old, what do they say? Chicken shit out, of, chicken salad, of chicken shit. Like two we two three weeks, very little build, a fatal four way finish. You have the Miz, who will be like, the Miz is facing Gunther, really. And they took it and ran with it and made it a great storyline between the bullying, between the two, the, the that one shot of them in suits yelling at each other was perfect. You know, like they did a really good job. I'm really impressed. I know you can, everybody wants to shit on Triple H and say this and that, but they did a really good job making this title believable. And I thought this was one of Gunther's better defenses. Yeah. No, I'm really, I'm really enjoying this not. historical title run. And Absolutely. maybe we get a, it it seems like we're not done with Miz and Gunther, um, and we're not done with Gable and Gunther. So maybe we get maybe what we're getting in the future is a triple threat between them. Yeah, that'd be cool. I really want to see Gable and Gunther again because those two are incredible together. Oh, those matches were great. I've I've gone back and rewatched them a few times. To me, Gable and Gunther is the like. There's no reason that can't be an iconic IC match. I I hope if Gunther doesn't get, uh. Lesnar at Mania, and he does keep the title longer. Like I hope it's a good three way or a good, you know, he gets something good at at Mania. Yeah, I do too. I do too. But whatever it is, you're right. Whatever he gets, it'll definitely be a whether it's a title belt. defense or you know something. With if he's facing Lesnar, then he doesn't need the belt. I mean, that's just you know two men. You know? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm also curious to see how long this title reigns going to go because it could be really good. It's very but like you said, you know, so they just came back. So maybe maybe that person will uh, get the Intercontinental title. Who I knows? could see – I mean, I could just – I could see – there's something about the way Miz looked. I could see him, like, stealing one on Gunther. Like, he he, he gets one over on him. And, it's, and it could be a low blow. It could be something dirty. It, it may not be a clean finish. He's our scumbag. Find a way to protect Gunther. So there's no reason that they can't do a dirty finish. Yeah. Yeah, Miz is our scumbag too, apparently. Mm-hmm. Oh, there were a couple of those chants. Um, well, he's our scumbag? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the next match was uh, seven minutes and 40 seconds. It was, I really enjoyed the build to this. This was a really, because this match felt very impromptu because. Ray Mysterio had to go for surgery, so they had the right amount of the story. And I don't think Santos Escobar was going to turn heel now, but it kind of called for it in the storyline. And so Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. This match, for me, it felt like Santos Escobar dominated the match, and then it was over. And I was like, what happened? I thought it was going to be really incredible, and I didn't really, I don't know, wasn't really that into it. It, um... You know, we were supposed to get Carlito. Uh, yeah, we were. Kind of he attacked Carlito on SmackDown. Now, was there some medical clearance issue, you think? Or I don't know what the report was. I, I tried don't to know. Answer. I don't know what's going on with Carlito because I feel like there's there's more. There's, maybe there's something wrong with him physically that we don't know about. Because, like, when he was in a tag team match uh, with LWO, I don't remember what pay-per-view it was, was recently. Uh, he didn't come out until like the last two minutes of the match. Remember? So it could be that he's nursing something, and they're trying to protect him, basically. Yeah, there's there's like an injury or something going on, and they don't want us to know about it. Could be. Um, I'm definitely interested. In what happened? I know Dragon Lee has been getting good praise on the main roster. He had a couple matches with Dominic Mysterio, good technical worker. Yeah, he had Luminous a couple really good Mysterio. matches. Uh, so, Cedric with Cedric Alexander with, and him. Cedric as well. So I was excited. Yeah, uh, that's what I. 
but yeah, it just it didn't click. It didn't click with the live crowd. It it it, it, had, it had a few moments. Uh, Santos was definitely the, the they weren't really popping for Dragon Lee. They were more just loud for Santos when his for his entrance. And there were a couple spots. The match felt like a brawling match. I yeah, that's the thing. More. It wasn't a lucha match. It was a. It wasn't match. a lucha match. I don't know if you. It's, yeah, I'm glad you yeah. noticed that too. Like you would have thought, given that okay, we just had a cage match. You just had a a technical match. We already or like not a technical match. We had a brawling. We had a stiff match with Gunther and Miz. You would think the next logical thing would be okay. We're going to get some high flying moves. Um, and that was the thing. Good. Yeah, I was expecting a really incredible lucha match, but they didn't deliver that. Santos they didn't deliver that. And then the match was over. I think it was now maybe they were just trying to get Santos over as like, hey, this guy's a dominant heel. You know, it could also very well be that you have Punk coming back. You have all these things. It, I also feel like their time got cut. They were supposed to have a longer match. They probably prepped for a longer match, and they probably had to go home sooner. Do um, you think? Um, do you think with with Punk coming back that Dragon Lee's mom, uh, AJ Lee, will come back? I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I was telling my wife when we were watching uh, uh, Survivor Series that Dragon Lee's parents are, are Keith Lee and AJ Lee. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, <laughs> there are a lot of Lees out there. Uh, like, family, what, yeah. what, is Wesley a cousin as well? Forget the Guerreros. I want the Lee family. Wesley is a cousin as well, apparently. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, yeah, no, I just, I felt like their time got cut. I felt they had more to do. They, That's I probably wish what they'd happened. Given, yeah, you're right. I wish they'd been given more time. Now they're probably, now here's the other thing. They want to keep this feud going. So they're probably giving us a short match on the pay-per-view so that they can give us a longer match on TV. I, I don't think this I feud is, so. I don't think this feud is done. I think we're going to get a little more on TV. Um, I wish Santos had won. I, part of me wishes that instead of Logan taking the title from Ray, it would have made more storyline sense for Santos to turn heel and steal the title from Ray. And then you have everybody trying to win that title, the U S title back to defend Ray's honor. You know what I mean? Well, Santos, Santos secretly helped Logan Paul win. That was, part yeah, of the I, I think it's that thing of, okay, but now Logan is taking the title and you're not doing anything weekly story with it. Whereas yeah, it would have yeah. made more sense to the San- for Santos to win underhandedly. Yeah. yeah. Santos should have been sense. in a title match with Ray. You could have taken the title off Ray and put it on a Santos. You could have done a three way with Logan, Santos, and Ray and him steal it that way, you know? But to me, it makes more sense if you want to further this Ray Mysterio disrespectful story by Santos that he takes something from Ray. And right now, he really isn't wronged him. Yeah, he made him lose a title. Well, he but put I, him in. I mean, he took him. He quote unquote put him in the hospital because, uh, the you know he has to have surgery. And the storyline is that Santos Escobar put him out. Yeah, I just I think there's more they could have done with that than the write off classic the classic injury angle. You know what I mean? So I think uh, I think uh, I guess the reason why Dragon Lee like lost to him so quickly was because they're going to build up for Santos versus Carlito. I guess. I think they're just they're just trying to build up Santos as a credible heel right now, and he need every heel needs a few wins. They can't just did be. You a, know, did you know? he was a lucha underground? Um. Yeah, I'd heard that. I yeah, he was King Cuerno. Okay. Did he wear a mask in Lucha Underground? Yeah, or? he did. They all did. Well, not all. Most of them did. Most of them did. No, I think I think he definitely has lucha ability, and maybe we'll get a good ladder match, or maybe they'll do something at you know Mania or Royal Rumble, maybe a good ladder match between them or something. I think that'd be cool. Uh, maybe yeah, Logan I agree. I agree. Hopefully, uh, we'll get some good lucha because I I, I can I would love to see Dragon Lee with some doing some good lucha because man, those matches with him and Cedric were so good. Uh, and a match, another match that wasn't that great. Uh, Zoe Stark challenged. Rhea Ripley for the world, the world women's championship. I don't know these women's titles. I don't know world, women's. world, the women's world heavyweight. Yeah, there we go. Uh, nine um, minutes and fifteen seconds. Rhea Ripley pretty much dominated Zoe Stark. I don't think that's a problem. I mean, Rhea is supposed to look dominant. I mean, they they Absolutely. announced that the elimination chambers in Australia. Do you really think Rhea is going to go into that match, go into that pay per view without the title? No, she's going to hold it till then. She's probably going to, in my opinion, main event and defend it in the chamber if they really. Yeah, want to you're probably right. 
go against five other women in the in the chamber. I think that's what they should do. Well, it should be five other women in Saudi Arabia. I think it was four other women. I think it was a fatal five-way total. So oh, yeah, just... you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a problem with this match. Rhea's very over with the crowd. Uh, it's it's interesting. You had Gunther and you had Rhea getting face chants from the Chicago crowd, even though they're clearly heel. <laughs> yeah, but Chicago isn't like the rest of the world. No, but it wasn't like in a bad way. I think it was in a good way where yeah. it was like they're clearly respecting the work they're putting in. I think I think Rhea's one of those people where she I mean she gets kind of face chants in general with the mommy and like chants. Like they're they're reacting to her. They're making it, no, she definitely gets baby face reactions for the most part. And it's funny because she gets And she also won in face. a clean both her Royal Rumble win and Mania win were clean. She she's kind of being treated like this badass anti hero face. Yeah, she is. It's just hilarious that Dominic, who's next to her, gets like booed at the building. It's interesting. <laughs> I love it. Her alignment with Dom doesn't bring down her her cred with the audience at all. It doesn't. It really doesn't. And I like her look. I think she's do. I think she's firing off all cylinders. I think it's great that they they had this hook of people tuning in for that first hour commercial fee on Raw, and they use it to spotlight. Randy Orton's return and Rhea. I thought that was great. I thought she matched up well with him today as well. Um, and maybe in the future we're going to get Rhea and Randy mixing it up. Maybe not in a full match, but in something. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason she can't go against the boys, you know. I mean, she beat uh, Tozawa. Right. And didn't she, like, do something with... God, didn't she, like, do some press? She, she did something with somebody. It wasn't, like, an official match. Yeah, they like, she, they're not going to put her in an official match, but she's going to do – she's going to mix it up. Yeah, definitely. I can see her showing up in the men's rumble, like the way Nia Jax did, like randomly. That'd be fun. Throw her in there for a little bit. So uh, what I forgot to mention, uh, during these these uh, non-War Games matches, uh, the good guy team, uh, Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn and Jey Uso, were frantic backstage because uh, Red Yorn has not arrived to the building yet and they didn't know if he was going to be there and they're like he'll be here he'll be here and he's like oh is he going to be here I don't know he'll be here and yeah there were a lot of backstage um, uh, segments that were you know the, the live crowd was very into them but probably the biggest backstage pop of the night was for the return of another superstar by the name of R Truth he returned as well backstage yep and I think that got a bigger reaction from the crowd. They were definitely very into it. They're very excited. They were excited for two backstage things: that and the 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 brand new Slim Jim commercial with uh, yeah, L.A. Knight. Like again, he gets he gets he he's he wasn't even on the pay per view, and he got three big yeah chants before the show, two during the show. I think a couple afterwards, like. Everybody just in the arena loves it. Like one guy was so, yeah, yeah. Like it gets, it's such a fun reactionary thing to do. It's great. And it's a shame they couldn't have brought him out for like a quick segment. They had the Slim Jim car that New Day <laughs> ended from. They could have had him enter from that for like two seconds. Just be like, yeah, and then just send him away, you know? Oh, my gosh. And then my wife was saying uh, the L.A. Knight stole, stole Cole Steve Austin's catchphrase. And I was like, no, he didn't. And then she goes, he stole half of it. And I was like, oh, shit, he did. Yeah, I guess that is. was hell yeah. I don't know. I just, he makes it his own. I think he's great. He's firing up all cylinders. Number one merch mover. I mean, we'll see now. Punk might take that title, but, you know. I would love, I I would hope that Punk is a free agent. He, He gets in a... At the very least, we get some promo one-on-ones with him and LA Knight. And uh, the main event, we have the men's War Games match where uh, the team Cody consisted of Cody Rhodes, Seth freaking Rollins, Jay Uso, Sami Zayn, Randy Orton defeated the Judgment Day, uh, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, uh, J.D. McDonough, Along with Drew McIntyre, 
34 minutes and 50 seconds. This match was really good, too. I don't think it was as good as the first one, the, the women's, but it was really good. It was. No, it was great. Um, you know, they they had the great spots with um, the bull, Cody pulling out the bull rope. I felt like Cody also was. Oh, that was old school, man, the bull rope spots. I mean, you needed something to throw back to Dusty. I mean, he's in Dusty's playground. You have to do Yeah, something. you're right. Um, and also keep in mind the last time Cody Rhodes fought in Allstate Arena was the Hell in a Cell with the torn pack. So oh, he's had dude. a lot of cool moments in Allstate and in Chicago in general. Um I noticed he went in like second to last. I felt like he didn't get enough time in the in the war games cage. I don't know if that was on purpose to protect him. I don't know if he's also nursing something. If you've noticed, he's not really wrestled every week in a while, so I don't know if he's also being protected yeah. or nursing something or they're just saving him. But it felt like it was very much a get in. Like they treated it kind of like a house show. Like you're going to get in, do a quick thing and leave, you know? And it did feel like that a little bit. Like I, I would have thought given he first time in, he would have been first, you know? I would have thought he would have been first as well. Yeah. They kind of did like Seth and Finn again, which was a kind of a semi rematch of their SummerSlam uh, rematch, which was a rematch of their, Raw encounter and their and their uh, money in the bank account. You know, we've, but it was a good. It was a good. It was a good uh, matchup. It was a good like. Yeah, these, everybody got their matchup. Like Drew guys. and Jay clearly had the history, and you know, Drew had been promoing about like beating Jay. I thought that was nicely done. Sammy had some great moments in there. Uh, there was a part of the cage where uh, Jay Uso went, and then the Judgment Day team was going to go. And then Drew was going to go, and then Damian Priest stopped him and said, stick with the plan. And then Drew said, well, the plan just changed because Jey Uso's in the ring. And then Damian Priest said, no, it didn't, and he just like, went. Yeah, they they did a good job with the stick with the plan. Like that, The stare down they had when they first entered was great, too. Uh, yeah. Drew leaving the, <laughs> the cage immediately afterwards. Um, it's, it's very, I like this unhinged Drew that they're kind of playing into. I do too. Cause like, he's not, like, he's not a, he's not a true heel. He's not a baby face. He's just like, he's on an island too. No, he's unhinged. Story. It's great. And then there's the rumor that they're playing into the rumor about him not being signed or whatever, all that nonsense. So it's great. Like, no, just play this up. Like give us, give blur the lines even more. I think. Yeah, I agree. WWE needs to do more of that. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy with this. Cause again, you can't really put Drew in a he, – he just faced Gunther. What are you going to do, put him with the U.S. title? No. So, to me, this is a good way to kind of keep him in the title mix without having him in a title. It's a storyline. It it's something for him to build week to week, and you, you can watch it evolve, and it keeps eyes on him. So, I'm I'm very happy with this. I, I think I think they're doing a good job with him. And, I again, not to go forward, but I thought they did a good thing with him today, like headbutting and showing blood and – uh, being unhinged. Now he's facing Sammy next week, so it'll be interesting to see the clash of those two styles, you know? Oh, nice. That's cool. Also, next week is uh, uh, Jey Uso versus uh, Seth Freaking Rollins. Seth Rollins for the, for the heavyweight title. We'll see yeah. We'll see if someone uh, interferes there or something. You, know? you never know. Yeah, I, I came home late today, and I put on uh, I just wanted to see CM Punk's promo, but we'll get into right, that. Right, yeah, I wanted to just DVR that, but, you know, and that came at the course of the – they did it kind of old-school Stone Cold Steve Austin style where he's not going to show up till the end, folks. They're going to make you wait. But this match was good. Um, I'm trying to think of something minutes. that was cool. It that felt happened. a little – it felt a little – I did okay, I did like the way you thought I, – I, like, I'm glad Randy didn't come up beforehand. It wouldn't have made sense to show him just standing in the cage like that awkwardly. That's what somebody said. I, I saw Somebody said that online. They, they, the whole Randy storyline was because Randy didn't want to make his big return and stand in his shark cage for 20 minutes. I agree. There was no reason. I do, too. I do, too. But that like also – they, they really paused – They really paused the – Sorry, go ahead. So that also made me speculate that, well, what if Randy doesn't show up? What if – what if Randy doesn't show up, but he's like, "Hey, I know a guy in Chicago who could take my place." You know, like what if that could? What if that? Yeah, happened? I mean, that would have been. How do you show that to a crowd? How do? You, what do you have Randy do a message like, "I couldn't be there." Yeah, like a TikTok. <laughs> that would have been. I call my of, friend Phil. Yeah, and also they're not friends. No, they're not. Like well, Cody and apparently, uh, we'll get into that too. But apparently, when he came out, uh, Randy was waving at him. 
Um, yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, but uh, it, to me, it didn't make sense to have Punk be in the match. Uh, he, I thought yeah. he did fine with what he did. Uh, I liked the way Randy showed up, that there was a pause. I do, too. A, I do, too. I was a little bit of a suspense. I like that Rhea's play, music played, and you thought there was going to be a cash. And I had a feeling there was going to be some attempt to do a cash. And that's what I thought would happen at the end. That's why when the match ended, I was like, oh, maybe they're still going to get up and try to change that title. Because, again, we've had screwy title changes at Survivor Series before. It wouldn't oh, be the man. first time. I would have been so mad because, to me, like what, what they were doing – does not count as Damien cashing in. Rhea cannot cash in for him. I do not like that at all. Um, she didn't cash in. I mean, she just brought the briefcase down. She brought it from the back and gave it to the referee. I don't like that at all. He has to give it to the referee. That's his cash in. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I think we're just conditioned to like a certain thing, but the contract says his name. Next thing you're going to say is, well, they have to deliver it through the briefcase. I mean, there, there, there can also be where someone just pulls out the contract. They don't even need the briefcase. I don't know. I don't know. And I especially feel like, again, I feel like he has to cash it in because it's his. It's he his did cash it. In. He, he, he cashed in. I mean, that, that's the way it is. You're, yeah, you gotta be creative. This, this, this concept has been around for many years now. You're not just going to do it every way, the same way. No, he should have, what he should have done was, Brought the briefcase into the match, brought it into the cell, and just put it in the corner. And then, if he needed it, he could have pulled it out. Well, if you notice, the title belts weren't brought down. Yeah. So I think there is some. I don't know what the rule is with that, but my understanding is, you're not supposed to bring title belts to a war games match if you're a title holder. I didn't see Seth bring the title down. I didn't see Finn bring the titles down. Um, so I do think it's that thing of she's bringing it down to present the contract, cash, cash it in on his behalf. He's there. And if you notice, he's the one pointing and saying, cash it in, cash it in. So you do get a verbal acknowledgement from him. Yeah, but he's he's still telling someone else to cash it in for him. I just, I don't know. That's like your mom calling in sick for you, you know? Well, I, you could also argue when Brock Lesnar won and he cashed in, it wasn't him. He didn't hold the briefcase. That was Heyman who gave it. So what? A yeah, manager, I guess that. I, I guess, can see I managers. If you're somebody associated by that logic, then a man. And we've seen managers cash in money in the bank before. So to me, it's. I don't think that's a big a deal. Again, it's it's a creative way to spring on a cash in, and they're certainly going to get more creative as time goes on. So to me, it's not. It doesn't bother me. I see where you're coming from with purity, but I do think it's not as bad as we uh, we think. Yeah, I don't know. I was super upset about it, um, but it was that it was a good match, and it was a silly spot where like they were trying to cash in, but then Randy's music hit, and then like they just didn't do it after all. And then talk about Randy Orton, man, he looked like a million bucks. Like he was like he was ripped. And, he looked like, great. He um, good, good showcase for him. Protected him, but made him look good. And if you notice today, he worked on Dominic Mysterio in a quick match. You know, a kind of a quick squash match. Like he's he's there. They're clearly. I think we're building to probably Roman Randy at Rumble. Maybe like they're really pushing him to be like a viable contender for Roman. So I think they're just like, like he's going to dominate all the way through. So. That's yeah, good. He absolutely is. And to me, that's a way to have a credible uh, opponent for for that for that event because that's that's going to be a wild one. You're going to have Randy and Roman. Maybe The Rock will come back. Punk, like it's, it's Rumble's going to be wild. And the show ends, and uh, everything is nice. And, then and even the, the copyright, I love that they did that. That they well, they like really you know, thing. I guess, I guess. I guess we don't. I guess it was just a pipe dream. I guess we don't get CM Punk. You Interesting know, that you said the word pipe dream. The camera's just kind of fading away. Yeah. And all of a sudden, CM Punk's music hits, and it's like, holy fuck. You're seeing him in all stand. And everybody, I know a lot of people were saying, why didn't he come back at Royal Rumble? Why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? It, it's his hometown. He's yeah, made a Chicago. Of, he's returned in Chicago. It makes sense. He it's, it's just the timing of this, his life. I actually think it's Survivor Series is always known as you had Sting return or debut at Survivor Series, 
You've had other screwy title changes. Montreal screwed up. Like Survivor Series gets this kind of like, whoa, there's a there's a wrench in the system. There's a change in things. You know, it's it's something crazy can happen. And I think this was a good sort of like, oh, we're adding a new layer to everybody's story with this. You know, like yes. I think this that this happened. The, the gobbly gooker. Gooker, Undertaker Survivor debut. Series. <laughs> the Undertaker yeah. debuted at Survivor Series. Our Truth Return. To me, Survivor Series is a good yeah. like we're right we're right before Rumble, but you have to get through December. We're gonna give you a little wrinkle in the storyline. You don't know what it is. So to me, this was I was very happy top to bottom with this program. I thought the way they delivered was fine. The fans were into it. I, I love seeing all these, like there's so many videos now of fans like turning off the pay-per-view before. He shows up being all mad. So I, I think they did it right. You know, again, kudos to Triple H and Nick Khan and everybody who got this done. I thought they did a very good job with it. And so my fan, wife, uh, a few days beforehand, my wife asked me uh, to go out to dinner, you know, with another couple and on, on Saturday night. And I was like, oh, Survivor Series. Here's the deal. If uh, if CM Punk does not return, then that's fine. But if uh, if CM Punk comes back and I miss it live, uh, then I'll never talk to you again. Uh, so yeah, that, we all know how that turned out. So you don't talk to your <laughs> wife. You don't talk to your wife. Anymore. I still talk to her. Gotcha. Are you? Are you? Was it spoiled for you, or did no? You I, I I completely stayed off social media. I completely didn't look at anything. My friend texted me, "Hey, did you see Survivor Series?" And I said, "I just got home. Don't tell me." And I put my phone on the charger, and I just sat down and I just watched it. And, yeah, and I, I, I was... encouraged a lot of people to stay off. I, I mean, anytime there's a big pay per view, I try to stay off Facebook because people are always posting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I and tried so... to. I did. I did post, but I waited till like two, three in the morning because I thought, well, I'm gonna be nice to those that. When it uh, when it when it came down to it, I thought that at the end of the pay per view, we were gonna have Randy Orton or CM Punk. I thought one of the two was gonna be there. And we got Randy, and we were it was good. Everybody was signing off, and I legitimately was like, "All right, well, that was a pretty okay show. That was a pretty good show." You know, I was getting you know getting ready to move on with my evening, and then CM Punk's music hit, and it was legitimately caught me off guard. It's that thing of you remember certain moments, you remember where where the where you were. First time you saw like Stone Cold Steve Austin, or like when the Rock and Sock connection formed, or when Rock and Hogan happened. And to me, the this first is time that... I saw Rob Van Dam on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. So to me, Punk returning after almost ten years. Yeah, uh, ten years. He performed tonight on Raw tonight. So tonight is to, today's date is November twenty seventh. Uh, nine years ago, <laughs> he was on Cole Cabana's podcast on November twenty seventh, talking about how. He's done with WWE. He's never going to come back. And literally nine years later, he appeared on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's it blows my mind that he's back. And they got the and deal. Not done. to mention how he got here. Tony Khan brought him out of retirement, and then he beat up Luke Perry's son, and now we're here. He didn't. He didn't beat Luke Perry's son up. He was dealing with a mouthy young rookie who who hasn't drawn in the business and was just being disrespectful. From what, from what I understand online, you know, they of course have the tension between them over the road glass situation where punk, like, you know, maybe or maybe not. That's the thing. And that's the thing, Sam, like I got an argument with somebody on Facebook, which I don't even know why I'm doing, but like everybody wants to be an expert on the backstage, but none of us were backstage. Right. Right. But from what I understand, like uh, Jack Perry is the one, who like bumped into into him, and that's kind of what set him off. But I mean, it's beyond. Time, well, if we're gonna get into that, then let's get into the fact that Punk isn't just running around going, "Oh, let me let me speak up on behalf of Glass versus Real Glass." It Collision is his show. He has creative control. That was part of a contract. I'm sure somebody thought to involve Punk in this. He gave his opinion. Jack, being a stooge of the Young Bucks uh, probably had some words with them and it wasn't nipped in the butt. So to me, it's a matter of, yes, is punk more should know better. Absolutely. But I can also, I see where he's coming from. You know, if someone's being disrespectful, 
he wants to say something. He comes from that. This is a guy who shared a locker room with Guerrero and Benoit, and you you handle things. Unfortunately, this is not. He's a product of a different time, and wrestling locker rooms have changed. Yeah. And he expects and demands respect. And he's also, I think he's the type of person where if you disrespect him and he's been, you know, trying to go out on a limb for you, he's done with you. You know, he seems very, like, he's very kind to those that are loyal. But then if you're not loyal, you get the opposite. Like, those in his corner get Starbucks and dinners and he buys things for them, treats them right. But if you're on the other side, no, you get my wrath. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. That's maybe not how I would go about living, but I'm not gonna fall <laughs> for the way he is. I think yeah. he I think he, he knows what he needs to do to, to rectify and I hope you know I think he does too. I really do. I think he knows you know where he was at fault and I think he's willing to like give it another shot. But I also think he tried to mend fences with uh, these these individuals, the EVPs that couldn't manage manage a target. Oh, so check this out. Them. I was reading a thing from 2022, um, from before before CM Punk came back. That's when he came back, right? 2022. Yes. I was reading a thing uh, from May of 2022, and it was about a reason. Like, yes, I was reading this today. I think, and I never really thought of it like this, but uh, they were talking about how Colt Cabana had a full-time AEW contract, but he was pulled from TV, and speculation was it was because of CM Punk possibly coming in. And then the article went to talk about how uh, Colt Cabana... You didn't didn't know this, that this all... The AEW, EVP, Young Bucks, this all started because uh, of Cabana allegedly getting less of a contract, and they feel that was because Tony Khan didn't want to um, upset Punk, so he started removing people. Well, what? So, anyway, so what happened was they were talking about how hard the Bucks were pushing to get you know Cabana in the first yes. place, and so I realized, I guess I didn't realize it before, but the 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 Bucks must have had a chip on their shoulder for Punk before he even walked in the door. Uh, Punk. So I looked it up. Punk came back in 2021, um, in in July of 2021. Um, okay, they probably okay. had some. They probably had some guff with. But I'm sure they there. did, though. I'm sure they had animosity before he even he even walked in the door the first time. Because they are friends of Colt Cabana, and they didn't like that the whole lawsuit happened with Cabana. Exactly. Sure. But if you're going to be in a company and you're going to be EVPs, you're going to have executive roles. If you don't want someone in the company, then you say that beforehand, not when they're already here. You you do business as a professional. And also, if you're going to have an executive title, you you deal with that beforehand. Yeah. That, then, I mean, the, you can't have even, executives. Like, if you're in, you can't in have executives of a company barge on somebody's door and not like they're, they're not just we're handling this as men. No, you're right. executive of the company. Why do you, I, I truly believe? This is why we have not heard anything about any of this because it's a legal nightmare for Tony. He, he's yeah. been told not to talk about it. The Bucks can't talk about it. Everybody's got gag order on it. I'm sure Punk was also paid off. He, he got some money to be like, okay, please don't talk about this. We're probably not going to hear what truly happened that night because to me, if Punk actually tells what happens, it's a legal nightmare for Tony and the company could potentially get shut down over. I think AEW could end if what gets out gets out. That you had executives of a company barge into a locker room demanding a fight. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That does yeah, not cause... that does not bode well for a company's future. And I think Tony knows this. I think he's good keeping his mouth shut for a reason. He was asked today about this because the all-in uh, uh, tickets went on sale. So there was some media calls set up with the British press for BBC and they asked him about it and he said thank you for the question but I cannot talk about this and this is not yeah. the time because I think it's a legal yeah, I, I also think that's like CM Punk didn't really have a no compete clause or 90 day thing or whatever he came back when he came back he probably just wanted a little time to get ready he probably thought Survivor Series in Chicago makes the most sense I'll play coy and 
feed the media. Oh, we're not going to reach a deal. I love it. He played everybody. I didn't think he played everybody too well because if you notice, he said, oh, Survivor Series is sold out. That's great for them. If he was really not going to WWE and he didn't care for them, why would he be congratulating them on a sellout? You know what I mean? It was very coy. Very coy. And I thought they did a great job. So, you know, I think I think it's one thing that that Punk maybe had some animosity and has some things he has to work on, but I think he's at a point now where he's looking at the end of his career. He's looking at how do I how do I ride off into the sunset? And I think you can't do that if you don't go back to WWE. You can't you can't finish your career like in New Japan or Impact. You can go yeah. there for a little bit. I think it would have been a nice change of pace. Have, if he went you would to have New closure. Japan. But to me, the closure is WWE. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, overall, the pay-per-view was great. I, I, I believe you enjoyed it as well. You know, Any final thoughts on the pay-per-view? It was fun. I really I, I did enjoy it. It was good, top to bottom. Uh, WWE, you know, they've been, they've been having good stuff lately. And they've been letting them wrestle. And they've been letting them, like, do what they do. And I really enjoy that. I think Triple H is doing a good job kind of bringing this uh, company forward. This definitely does feel like a Triple H move versus a Vince move. I mean, Triple H has mended a lot of fences. He's brought some wrestlers in who you, who would have thought 10 years ago that Samoa Joe or Kevin Owens would be in WWE. Yeah. It's all Triple H. Who would have thought that Bruno San Martino or the Ultimate Warrior would come back to WWE? And yes, while Punk did have a lot of tension with Triple H, I think they were able to come together, whether it was this week or last week or whenever. And I, I do think Nick Khan also and TKO, I do think underhandedly and secretly, I think they played a hand in getting the job done. I do think Nick Khan was a good liaison uh, and probably was able to mediate between Triple H and Punk because they have their own tension as well. Yeah, I agree. Hell yeah. What do you think of uh, so? What do you think of Punk's uh, promo? I thought it was a good uh, the fact that he he almost he kept like overlaying that I'm being serious. This is real. This is real. I'm, it's good to be home. I thought it was great that he said that. You know, I would have liked uh, the way they build that raw. You're gonna have an hour long commercial free. I expected they would have done, you know, giving him a little more time. But at the same time, they're doing it the old school way. They're almost doing the opposite of AEW because AEW is like, oh, we're going to open with Punk. We're going to give him, you know, 30 minutes. And yeah, that could have happened. And maybe we'll get a longer promo from him down the road. But I kind of like that they did it old school attitude air way where he's coming out at the end. We're going to make you wait all the way till the end. He's going to be the last segment of the night. You're going to have to wait. He is the main event. He goes on last. Yeah, and I thought he yeah. gave a quick brief, uh, just, hey, I'm here. It's funny. The last the literally the last words out of his mouth before the screen cut out was I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. He literally says that that's it's, yeah, it's hilarious. Go back and watch the DVR. It's yeah. uh, I do like, there were a couple of good lines in that promo. The thing about like guys think I have the brass ring in the back pocket. Like it's perfect. Like he, he still got the gift of gab. He even got a shot in at Michael Cole. If you noticed, he said a couple comments to the commentary team. So It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I thought Shinsuke would potentially be his next opponent. It looks like Shinsuke's moved on to Cody, so maybe they're going to do, you know, I think maybe Punk will. I don't think you want to rush into the Seth thing. I don't think it makes sense for his first opponent to be Seth. I think Seth, you saved for a mania. Yeah, um, Seth a mania. I would like to see Punk face someone uh, in his first match before. I don't think he should come back to the Rumble. I think he should you know, face somebody before Rumble is January 27th. I think he can get a match or two in before then. It'd be interesting to see. There's no more PLEs. What? There's no more PLEs. Yeah, there's no more. There's no more pay-per-views, but that doesn't matter. Punk has wrestled on TV before. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with Punk. Well, who is first, the first opponent is first match. Um, I would have liked Shinsuke, but you know that might not be it for right now. Um, That'd be a good match. So once it happens, I'm gonna enjoy that. Miz would have been good too because they have animosity and history there. But uh, you know, Punk is uh, Punk is uh, you know, 
trying to face a heel right now. He's kind of a face, and Miz is kind of a face right now, too. So you really don't want Miz. So we'll remain yeah. to be seen. Uh, also, I believe he is going to be a free agent. So you're going to see him on both SmackDown and Raw. I mean, their TV deals are coming up and they need a little bit of a boost in ratings. So I think it's very smart if they keep him on both shows, you know. And why not put Punk on Fox? I think this is great. You know, he's he's never really gotten to do much on the Fox network. I think this will be interesting, you know. He had the backstage show, but that was, well, it was also an FS1 show. It wasn't really associated with Fox. So I think it it'll be interesting to see when he if he does show up at SmackDown. Um, yeah, it will be. Yeah, I could easily see him having his first match on Fox. I think that'd be great, you know. Maybe it's Kevin Owens. I could see that being a good first match, too. If he has his first match on SmackDown, it'll probably be Austin Theory or Grayson Waller. Even though I hate those guys. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I could see it being Kevin Owens, too. I could see it being Zayn. I think Ray Mysterio is injured. I think that would be a good one, too. Um, yeah, yeah, it would be. Maybe it would be and Dominic, too. It would be good. I think it could be Dominic. I think that would be a good one, too. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, almost anybody. It would be an incredible. Mysterio match. was so good to, uh, you know, he, he. I'm sure you remember that that triple threat between Eddie and CM Punk and Mysterio. Yeah. I can see him paying it back by facing Dominic. You know, because he's part of that family. Um, That'd be interesting. Yeah, Dominic's two dads. <laughs> On that note, uh, you want to go ahead and plug your social media. Yeah, let's uh let's tie this up with a bow. I'm glad we were able to do this. Uh again, to all our wrestling listeners out there, you know, enjoy this time with um the squared circle. You know, we're we're coming up on the end of the year, so look back, reflect, and just be happy that we have so much good wrestling out there. I think this is a perfect time to be a fan of wrestling. If you're not a fan of wrestling or if you're a lapsed fan, you're coming back into it great time to be a fan i think there's just there's so much content out there we're, we're so lucky with the products that we have so enjoy your time in the squared circle everyone uh my name is pratik sarastava you can follow me at pratik comedy i have shows this coming weekend uh it's my birthday december 2nd i have some shows if you're in the chicago land area i will be in austin texas later this month all my dates are at pratikcomedy.com also go to my Instagram page. I post a lot of videos and my updates are there. That's at Pratik Comedy, P-R-A-T-E-E-K. And uh, yes, support uh, Sam and uh, Xavier as well. And oh, to yeah, quote man. Xavier, smash the link tree, smash the subscribe button. <laughs> uh, yeah. And happy birthday weekend. That's super awesome. Thank you, man. You can find me across the board at Funky Sam Medina. And that's funny. Cool. Take care of them.